right, good to go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Not joining me from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, but joining me from our nation's capital, which has been in total panic this past week, my co-host, Tim Jensey. Tim, what is the feeling in Ottawa this week, bud? Everyone everyone let a sigh of relief out at 3 p.m. because our Biggest fears were not realized. Eric Carlson remains an Ottawa Senator. For now. For now. Actually, did you see the Pierre Dorian press conference he did today? Jesus Christ. Poor guy. But uh, lying through his teeth, though. Oh, absolutely. But I did see part of it, and he did talk about he and Eric did have a good conversation today, and Eric wants to remain a senator. So... If he's still a senator on Canada Day, the senators will definitely offer him a contract. Yeah. Honestly, I believe that, and I I hope he sticks around. Like, he's our captain, and amazing guy, amazing in the community, and just amazing to watch on the ice. Oh, absolutely. And believe me, I don't think Brian 5 or 6 could really do another video. He was so worked up the other day. Brian saved Ottawa. Let's just be 100% honest here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so for tonight's episode, it's going to be a little bit different because we're scrapping the usual format of talking about the games of the week because, let's be honest, it's trade deadline. I think that's more interesting than listening to the games this week. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, especially because the games don't matter. No, absolutely not. Uh, before we go into the trades, we do have to talk a little bit... About a few things here off the top. Uh, first of all, we got to give a really big shout out and our condolences to Carolina Hurricane forward Jordan Stahl and his wife. They, this is really difficult because once again we're talking about another death. They lost their one-year-old daughter. I think she is one, isn't she? I believe she was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our condolences to Jordan and his family. You know, it's always tough, man, when you lose family members like that, especially a year old. Like, that's that's pretty sad. Um, I don't have any notes here regarding what happened. All I know is that the Hurricanes put out a press release saying they would they asked that they respect Jordan's privacy during this time, which is good for the Carolina Hurricanes to do that. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's always harder when it's a child. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another thing I want to talk about, and you know what's funny? Uh, I didn't really talk about it last week. I ended up now. I was on my couch, not my couch. I was on my bed there last night, and I was watching uh, a DVD, a three evening with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, who's the director of movies like Clerks, Mallrats, uh, Dogma. He he plays Silent Bob. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh. Okay. And I was so, a bit worried where this story was going, though. Oh, I know. So anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm laying on my bed watching it, and this is really fucked up because in the DVD I'm watching, he's talking about how his dad died of a heart attack, and he's talking about that. So I go on to my Twitter, and I'm looking it up. Apparently, Kevin Smith was doing a show last night, and he suffered a massive heart attack. Jesus. Like, isn't that fucked up? Like, I'm, I'm sitting here watching this, about, talking about him talking about his dad dying, and I'm looking on Twitter, and Kevin himself had a heart attack. Wow, that's just weird. Oh, I know. Um, I really hope this doesn't affect his show at the Rio Theater in Vancouver on March 30th, which, I'm proud to say, I actually I bought a ticket, because I, I've always wanted to go see him live, and he generally doesn't play in Vancouver, but he has been working in Vancouver on the CW shows like Flash and Supergirl, those kind of shows. Oh, okay. So uh, he 
guess he found out about the real theater in, I think it's East Vancouver. It's shutting down. It's like this very, it's a really old classic theater in Vancouver. And apparently the landlords are sort of shutting it down. So Kevin was like, well, I'm not allowing you to do this. And I promised to do an evening with Kevin Smith there. Hmm. So he decided he's going to do that. And I bought a ticket for the 930 show. Like I said, I hope his uh, recent heart attack hasn't affected the show at all. And I would absolutely love him to give him a hug because, and I don't think I've ever talked about him here on the show because Kevin Smith has been a real inspiration to podcasters and podcasts alike because on his shows, he always talked about, you know, you should do something dopey and stupid and be creative about it. And you should surround yourself with why not people because there's so many why people in this world. You should surround yourself with why not people. And Kevin has several why not people. He's got his Jason Muses, his Ralph Garmans, uh, Scott Mosiers. Now, I don't have either of those three, but I do have a fellow by the name of Tim Jensey who is my why not person. Aww. And because, Although, and because Tim, you said why not. That's how the third line plug Sunscast started. So I do feel a little indebted to Kevin Smith on that one. Yeah. Well, it's, you always got to try and uh, hope for a speedy recovery. Oh, for sure. For sure. So we got a couple more things to talk about. Um, just really quick off the top. Um, you recall that we got picked for the Potter Shuffle a few weeks back. I entered us in the Potter March Madness, which. They throw a whole bunch of... Like, you're aware of the March Madness basketball tournament, correct, Tim? Yeah, NCAA. Yeah, and you know how they sort of do... Um, I think it's like the best 16 teams, and it's sort of a knockout style till it goes to the end. Yep. So I signed us up, and our first round, apparently we're winning like 60% to 40. Really? We have 10 votes, and we're winning right now. So I just wanted to give us... You know, give us a little third-line plug right there. Hey, all right. all right. Well, I guess we're doing something right. Oh, for sure. Speaking of people who are doing things right, how about that Melnick Out GoFundMe page, man? Holy shit! Now, for those so... who don't sorry, sorry, for for those of people who don't know the story, Ryan Classic and uh, fellow, I don't I think his name's Spencer. They decided that they, they were gonna do a full page ad in protest of Eugene Melnick and. I think it was Spencer said he was going to do a billboard ad in Ottawa with the hashtag Melnick Out. So they decided to collaborate with each other and they started the Melnick Out GoFundMe page. It had a goal of $6,500. They hit 7215 hours. Yeah, and uh, first note, I think both of us put in there. Yeah, yeah, we actually put... Uh, no, I haven't got a chance to throw my money in there yet, but I am a man of my word. I definitely will do that on behalf of the show. Yeah, my 25 bucks are in. Excellent. And I'll have to get second, on that I do have quite a few friends in Ottawa, and uh, one of my friends works in advertising, so I've uh, introduced her to Spencer. Excellent. I did see that tweet, by the way. Yeah. That's great to hear. So, uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, she works in ad like hospitality and lobbying. Okay. And uh, she just happened, she happened to know someone who uh, works at one of the two companies uh, that does the billboards in Ottawa. So I got a name and a contact and off, off it went. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have to throw my 25 bucks in there. Yeah. So third line plugs helping the community. Oh, for sure, man. You know what? I said it on the, our Twitter. We support the players, not the owner. <laughs> actually you know one thing we didn't i didn't put here on the notes what the fuck happened to that guy at the Sens flyers game the other night oh the move move melnick keep carlson sign guy i haven't heard from him but uh yeah basically he got the boots put lightly to him because uh they he took his sign and ejected him yeah, that's definitely a sign that Eugene Melnick does not care about this fan base or this team. Yeah, but our beer offer stands. Yep, and you know what? 
If somebody can DM me the information of that gentleman, we will gladly bring him onto the show and talk about him. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, we hinted at it a little earlier. Brian Five or Six, Bonk's, a bon- writer for Bonk's Mullet, he put up a video talking about Eric Carlson, and did you see Eric Carlson now follows him on Twitter? This is honestly amazing. Oh my so the god, only- that was awesome. Yeah, and, like, this gets even more meta. So, like, Brian is screaming about, like, just keeping Eric Carlson in Ottawa. And then someone just tags Eric Carlson in the post. And then following Eric Carlson. And Brian's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. That's so- Actually, I thought it was Brian who tagged Eric in the post. It might have been Brian. But basically, it's uh, the weight of the city was on his shoulders. And honestly, I think Brian inspired Carlson to stay. That's that's why I'm that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Uh, and what was amazing was I was sitting in the airport, the Calgary airport, this morning, looking through uh, news stories, and uh, on the National Post sports section, I was going to say I did see that article. You can't trade Eric Carlson. Sense fans goes on not safe for work rant. Carlson follows him on Twitter. That's awesome. Yeah, I think the National Post, Barred Down, covered the story. Like, this is almost as big of a story than when Eugene Melick made those comments at the alumni game. Mm-hmm. Which I was at. No biggie. No biggie. Yeah, the only difference is, uh, like, the Eugene Melnick got a bit of U.S. coverage. But, like, this is in the National Papers. And this is a guy who screams about going to Joe Louie in the middle. Sorry, going to going to Superstore in the middle of the game. Do you watch his videos or? Um, I don't, re- I don't really regularly follow with Brian Five or Six. I do watch him occasionally, but I can't say that I am, can't say I really follow him all that much. But after How this video, I really, Brian I really should six. actually. Pardon? After watching that video, I really should start following Brian, Brian Five or Six. Oh, he's fun. Like, I think my favorite one is just, he usually does a video each period. Yeah. Of just him screaming about the game. And uh, I think my favorite one was during the middle of the Leafs game, the video is him underneath his car. (laughs) What? I've been run over, Larry! What the fuck, Larry? What the fuck, man? Yeah, just... It's just wacky shit like that, and it, it makes the games, like, brutal games a little more repairable. Right. And, yeah. I don't think any other AHL team has anything quite like that. Well, not that I know of, anyway. I know the Islander fans started the, uh, what was it, the Save Our Islanders Coalition back in the 90s when they were they were sinking without a trace. Yeah. But I guess yeah, the other thing than is, that, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, but like Sen's Twitter is weird just with like the just the wide array of satire within it. Like we've got Welcome to Your Carlson Years, Bonk's Mullet, Brian Five or Six, and even like uh some of the big stats guys like Manny Elk who runs Corsica and uh Mika who does hockey biz get pretty snarky as well. Mm-hmm. And they're both Sens fans as well. Actually, yeah, I think the latter was on the Cosper Pointcast last episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the Cosper Pointcast has a new episode coming out today. Yep. But, you know what, Tim? I digress. Since we have gotten through all of our news that we have to talk about today, let's. I think we should talk about some trades. What do you think, Tim? Ooh, I like that. So, I don't have the... TSN Trade Center sound bit, so, you know, just play it in your head, and we'll go under the trades. Added it in post. I wish I could find that. I don't know. I can't find anything on YouTube for it. Weird. I know, right? It's just the worst. I guess you could just do, like, the da-da-da, da-da-da. And it would work, I guess. There you go. Just did it. Let's Let's go into some trades. Willie, you're going to start off with the Detroit Red Wings trade Peter Morazic to the Philadelphia Flyers for a conditional fourth-round pick and a conditional third-round pick 
in 2019. Mrazek went 8-7-3 with a 2.89 goals against average and a .910 save percentage. Honestly, this is just another chapter in the Philadelphia Flyers goalie saga that they have been dealing with since the days of Ron Hextall. Yeah, and this season's been especially bad with both Elliot and Neuverth going down to injury to extended injury. Absolutely. I I still maintain I don't know why Vegas didn't pick him in the expansion draft. Because he's a solid goalie and he would have been Detroit's starter had Jimmy Howard not had his resurgence. Yeah, I don't really know here, but uh Philly got him on the cheap and yeah, I like Philly's flying right now, so I don't think Mrazek has a lot of hard work to do. Mrazek actually looked very good in uh, in a victory against Ottawa. Yes, he did. Actually, I think I think if I'm not mistaken, I brought that up in our notes. I think you did, but uh, yeah, just going back to the Philadelphia long saga of goalies, I don't think there's ever been a period. Like other than Ron Hextall, where Philadelphia has been particularly noted for strength and goal. No, I think you have to go way back to the days of Bernie Perrant. Yeah, because like even when Philly went, like Philadelphia went to the Stanley Cup final back in two thousand and nine in the most Philadelphia of ways. Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Sorry, yeah, in the most Philadelphia of ways. Riding Michael fucking Layton and Brian Boucher. And Brian Boucher, but mostly, mostly it was the stellar play of of an AHL journeyman that got them to the NA, the AHL Stanley Cup Finals. Well, let's also and not then, forget him that Antti Niemi also played for Chicago, and he was a mostly an AHL player too. Yeah, like I remember sitting there that year and being like, "Do goalies actually matter?" Well, look at Montreal, right? They had Yurisov Halak, and people were thinking. Well, should Montreal trade Carey Price? Even Don Cherry was saying, well, you know, they should keep that Yaroslav Halak guy and trade that Carey Price fellow. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, Don's senility was starting to set in by then. Yep. Let's head into our next trade. The Chicago Blackhawks trade Michael Kempney to the Washington Capitals for a third round pick in 2018. Kempney had one goal, six assists for seven points in 31 games for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it's just a depth pick, pick up to kind of shore up uh, what Washington's been lacking lately. I don't think it really makes a big difference. Uh, it really signifies that Chicago is basically realized that their window is closed. Yeah, and they've basically traded off most, pretty much traded all their guys off except like the main core. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder if they blow up the core in the summer. Eh, you never know. Maybe. Let's head on to our next trade. The Toronto Maple Leafs trade Eric Fair to the San Jose Sharks for a 7th round pick in 2020. Eric Fair had 17 goals, 11 assists for 28 points in 31 games for the American Hockey League's San Diego Gulls. He's off Robodeau Island! You know what's fucking magic here? What? Eric Fair wasn't even playing on the goddamn Marlies. Yeah, actually, even not really think about it, that is true. Yeah, he wasn't even on their fucking farm system. Well, I do have to point out, Tim, in uh, 2008 when Sean Avery got sent to the minors, he played for Hartford in the American Hockey League because Dallas didn't have an AHL affiliate. Yeah, but Toronto has an affiliate. This is just the we don't even fucking want you anymore. Well, he's off Robodaw Island. That's all that matters for him. Yeah, no kidding. Send him to our next trade. The New York Rangers trade Nick Holden to the Boston Bruins for defenseman Rob O'Gara, and a third-round pick in 2018. Holden had three goals, nine assists for 12 points in 55 games for the Rangers. I think this is a decent pickup for the Boston Bruins who are trying to shore up their defense. Yeah, that's definitely a defense that needed a bit of buffing. Uh, I actually don't... I'm glad that, the. I think from an asset management perspective, I'm pretty glad that the Bruins didn't go after McDonough. Yeah, and you know what? We will talk about that trade later in the show, though. Yeah, I'm liking the Boston. Like, yeah, I think Boston made a pretty okay pickup here. I think so. It's definitely better than the other pickup they made, but we'll get to that in due time. Let's go into our next trade. The Montreal Canadiens trade Jacob 
Yara pick to the Washington Capitals for a fifth round pick in 2019. Who? I have I have no idea who this guy is, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, and he managed to get a fifth round pick, which is more than uh, some other people that we will mention. Oh, absolutely. Let's go into our next trade. The Arizona Coyotes trade Tobias Render and Scott Wedgwood to the Los Angeles Kings for Darcy Kemper. Now, I don't want to start any rumors, Tim, but I can only imagine that Tobias Renner got traded after... I imagine Coyotes front office got a bill going, $900 reduce, Tobias! <laughs> yeah, it's a, a weird pickup. I actually don't know anything about Tobias Ryder. I don't know. Honestly, I think this is definitely a solid pickup for Arizona because Kemper is a much better much better goalie than Scott Wedgwood. I don't know why L.A. would make this deal, though, unless Kemper is making too much money to be a backup for Los Angeles. Potentially, and I guess they don't expect uh, Wedgwood to play many games because Quick does absorb a lot of time. Hey, Tim, isn't it funny that last year when we were talking about a trade deadline practice episode, we talked about Ben Bishop going to L.A.? Yeah. And now we're talking about... Scott Wedgwood going there? Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Like, it's hard to play behind Jonathan Quick. It is definitely harder to score on him, too. Fastest name in hockey. For sure. And the fastest glove. Let's head to our next trade. This is one that kind of disappointed. Sorry, Tim? Did hell freeze over? This one kind of I know. This one kind of disappointed me a little bit because, you know, last episode, I really pumped this guy's tires. I was like, man, I would love for him to come to Ottawa. Uh, no, he's not coming to Ottawa. The New York Rangers have traded Michael Grabner to the New Jersey Devils for a defense, project, defense prospect, Jurgort Rikon, and a second-round pick in 2018. Now, I texted my cousin yesterday talking about this, and I said, is this Jurgort Rankot kid any good? And he goes... Honestly, I have no idea. I don't even think he'll ever come over. Um, you know, he and I talked about Michael Grabner. I've always been a Michael Grabner fan ever since he played in Vancouver. And I always felt that it was sort of a mix between him getting lost in the shuffle and his game not adapting well in Vancouver. That's why he didn't make it full-time with the Canucks. And then he went to the Islanders and Panthers and all the rest is history. Hmm. The coolest part of this trade for New York is that second-round pick, but this is actually the first time the Rangers and the Devils have done a trade over that Hudson River. Actually, yeah, that is true. I was thinking, no. I was trying to think of another trade, but I couldn't think of one. Actually, you know what? We have a trade in this between the Leafs and the Habs, too. Yeah. Did, like, has those the two Apocalypse teams ever made... No, actually, that's not true. The Leafs and Habs have made a trade. Uh, I think they traded Russ Cortnell for John Cordick. Okay. So but yeah, like... Okay. Is hell coming? Honestly, I do like this pickup for New Jersey. I think Grabner is a perfect bottom six guy who can move up to top six if needed. New Jersey will have to focus on re-signing him because he's one of these guys that he definitely could put the puck in the net. And he's a quick guy. He just doesn't really have anything else outside of that. Well, I think like if you put him on that line with Hall, it'll be good. Isn't Hall a right winger as well? I thought Hall was a left winger. I, I could be wrong. No, I could. No, that would be good if uh, Hall was on the left side and Grabner was on the right side. That'd be good for New Jersey. Hmm. Should we head on to our next trade, Tim? Yeah. Let's do it. The Boston Bruins have traded Frank Vetrano to the Florida Panthers for a 2018 third round pick. Honestly. Uh, it's all right. I mean, it's not a bad trade for Florida. They sort of shore up a little bit of their defense. Uh, I don't know. I'll Frank Petrano is interesting because he's one of those guys who just bounces around, never really finds a home. Like, he bounced through Vancouver and Toronto, if I'm thinking about the right person. I think, honestly, he's only been a Boston player, though. Oh, uh, who am I thinking of, then? I'm not sure. I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah. Yeah, then I'm just wrong. Let's get on to the weird deal. Oh my god, this is so good. 
So, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Ottawa Senators, and the Vegas Golden Knights were involved with a three-way trade. And Tim, don't start laughing because I said three-way. Let's go into the details. The Pittsburgh no, I'm Penguins laughing are... This is a three-way that didn't work out the first two times. So, like every other three-way. Ah, that's good. That's a good one, Tim. The Pittsburgh Penguins acquired Derek <laughs> Broussard, Vince Dunn, and Tobias Lindbergh in a third-round pick from the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators acquire... Ian Cole and Philip Gustafsson, a first-round pick in 2018 and a third in 2019. The Vegas Golden Knights acquire Ryan Reeves and a 2018 fourth-round pick. I I like this deal, and I know that Derek Broussard was only going to be here a couple of years as sort of a placeholder while guys like Philip Shalapik and Logan Brown and Carl White got big enough and developed enough that they can bring him up. The one guy of note is, I'm not sure if it's Gustafsson or Gustafsson, uh, Philip Gustafsson, though. Apparently this kid was just lights out in the World Junior, so I'm glad that we picked him up. Yeah, he's considered one of the best goalie prospects in the market, and given the weakness in Ottawa's crease, uh, throughout the farm system, with the exception of, uh, Hoberg, it's good to kind of shore that up. Uh, what's hilarious about this trade is it took the three participants three attempts to get this trade to be legal in the eyes of the NHL. I just love in how the first Nick attempt. Kiprios was the one that broke that too. He's like, you know, this trade hasn't worked. And I read that. I'm like, oh, Tim's yeah. not going to be happy with this. He's probably oh, reading this phone. Shut the fuck up, Nick like, Yeah, Bob McKenzie's like, up, it's being called back. I'm not sure why. But it was funny because what the original trade looked like was uh, Vegas wouldn't have gotten either Ryan, Re- wouldn't have gotten Ryan Reeves or the... 2018 fourth round pick really yeah vegas would have just helped facilitate the trade and they wouldn't have kept a player they would just take in some of the salary as like a future consideration sort of deal but the nhl looked at it and said no you can't fucking do that i know so because it's, it's just salary laundering so then they had to come back and figure out how to move players and picks around in such a way that it would become legal I'm glad they got it done, at least, though. Yeah, and I think Ottawa... Yeah, I have to say that I like the return that Ottawa got for Broussard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know... Uh, who's the GM in Pittsburgh? Fuck's his name. Uh, Rutherford? Ron Francis. No, that's... Sorry, no, Jim Rutherford. Yeah, Jim Rutherford. I like that somebody asked him in the press conference. He says, oh, are you happy about getting Broussard? He goes, well, why wouldn't we be? We got another we got another centerman, and we got some depth. Not mad about it. Yeah, no. Well, the thing about Broussard is, even though his point totals are a little low, if you look at it in context of how much ice he's had this year, mm-hmm. he's putting up pretty damn good numbers still. Like, we're talking about a guy who on quite a few teams could be a first-liner. Yeah, and... but the problem is Ottawa was not playing him like a first-liner. No. And even when he was and brought I in th- for Mika Zibanejad, we saw him as a second-line center behind Kyle Turris. Mm-hmm. Well, they totally fucked that and, one up, didn't they, Tim? Yeah, and well, the thing was, is he like he just had a rotating cast of wingers, and like having Zach Smith as a line anchor didn't help at all. Um, yeah, it's going to be terrifying. Pittsburgh's going to be terrifying with how deep they are on its center because I think they're a lot deeper than they were last year with uh, Crosby, Malk, and Benino. And, no, Hagelin's a winger, wasn't he? Yes. Okay. For some reason, I thought yeah, he was a like, centerman. Oh, it's fucking nuts, too, because, like, yeah, they also st- they have Phil the Thrill as well, although their defense is Latang plus everyone else. Yeah, but then again, Ottawa's defense is... Carlson and everybody else, and Shabbat. Yeah, and look how that's going. Let's move on to our next trade, Tim. The Edmonton Oilers <laughs> trade Brendan Davidson to the New York Islanders for a 2019 third-round pick. How did Edmonton get great Davidson back again? Did they just pick him up off waivers? I'm not sure, actually, on that one. I know what happened this season because Davidson started on Montreal. I just completely forgot how he got back to Edmonton, but yeah, might as well juice him. Oh, for sure. 
Now let's head on to our next trade. Now this is the one of the big trades that happened this past week. The New York Rangers trade Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins for Matt Bolesky, Ryan Spooner, Ryan Lindgren, a 2018 first-round pick, and a 2018 seventh-round pick. The New York Rangers will retain Nash half of Nash's salary for the rest of the season. Honestly, even though... For Boston, I'm glad that they got rid of guys like Matt Bolesky and that fucking anchor of a contract he has. That's quite a steep price that they paid for Rick Nash for a guy who's lost a step or two in the last couple of years. Yeah, like, especially giving... like. Ryan Spooner in the first is really the big part. And they probably paid, like, they paid dearly to get rid of Matt Bolesky. Yeah, but they also paid dearly to get Matt Bolesky, too, so sort of evens it out. Yeah, and that's, there's a parallel with that in Ottawa where we're stuck with, like, we were stuck with Dion Phaneuf and uh, Bobby Ryan's contract. Yeah, like, except we were able to move one of them, at least. Yeah. And it's probably going to cost Ottawa a lot to get out of Bobby Ryan's contract unless Bobby Ryan's health miraculously improves. Oh, for sure. Let's head on to our next trade. The Montreal Canadiens trade. Thomas Buchanan and Kyle Bond to the Toronto Maple Leafs for Kirby Reichel, Ranit Vanu, and a 2018 second round pick. Honestly, I never... I like this trade. Eh, you know what? I'm okay with the trade. Uh, for Toronto, you know, they get a little more defense up front uh you know bottom six guy except for one big problem in toronto they have forbidden thomas mechanic for wearing his turtleneck (laughs) honestly i think yash had wore better personally yeah but the turtleneck's just essential mechanic it was essential yashin too yeah well the big thing about mechanic in Toronto is that he's going to be sheltered. He's going to be playing good minutes and he's not going to have the world, the weight of an entire team on his shoulders. So I expect him to kind of help Toronto really maybe go somewhere in these playoffs. And the price wasn't steep at all. No, I mean, like, I see Kirby Reichel and Vinat Velu being two big bodies that Montreal can use right away because Reichel, he's an, he's an, uh, he's an all right player, I guess. But yeah, he definitely got lost in the shuffle with Toronto's big guys up front. Yeah, like he got lost in the youth movement. Uh, I don't even know who this Valiev guy is. Yeah, I have no idea who he is either. That eight, that second rounder is pretty cool for a rebuilding Montreal, though. Oh, absolutely. Let's go into our next trade. The National Predators have traded Mark Letestu for a 2018 fourth round pick. I am just realizing right now the next two trades. I Columbus. Columbus? Okay, thank you. I totally blew it. I was just like, I'm looking at my notes right now going, oh, crap. I didn't put the team there. Yep. You blew it. Well, I blew it twice because the San Jose Sharks have also traded Brandon Bullug and Troy Gosinick for a 2018 six-round pick. I don't know who they traded them to either. Didn't they get Brandon Bullock from uh, Chicago? I'm not sure on that one. Hey. You blew. It's been a busy day. Shut up. I know. Mark Latestu, I don't think he's worth a fourth. No. Those like other I said two, last I have time no when National Trade I'm not even sure him. if they're worth a sixth either. Yeah. Like we said, he wasn't worth it, and... Like, he's just a... I don't think he fits on a playoff team. Like, Mark Letestu was... Like, there's some familiarity between Letestu and the Columbus organization as Letestu started his hockey career in Columbus. But other than that, eh, not a fan. Brandon Bollig, he fills a hole. Yeah. That's all I can really say. Ooh, Let's move on to the end of an era in Ottawa. Yes, the Ian Cole era of the Ottawa Senators has completely ended. The Ottawa Senators have traded Ian Cole to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Nick Monterey and a 2018 third-round pick. Feel kind of bad yeah. for all those guys that bought those Ian Cole jerseys already. Did anyone actually do... Like, the guy didn't even 
I don't think the guy ever actually went to Ottawa. Like, he just stayed in Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, at least Nick Shore played a couple of games before they dealt him out of town. I'm not happy about that trade. No. No, but, you know, we will yeah, talk about that when we get to it. I don't know much about Nick Mort- Morty. I heard he's an okay pro- like prospect-ish. Right. The cool part is the third, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're not like Vegas stockpiling all those draft picks, but kind of wish we were doing Maybe that now in this rebuild. Let's go into our next trade. The Chicago Blackhawks have traded Ryan Hartman and a 2018 fifth-round pick for Victor Achesel and a 2018 first and 2018 fourth-round pick. Nashville got hosed. Holy shit. Oh, I know. Jesus Christ. I know. It's nuts, eh? I mean, Hartman was was doing all right in Chicago, but he's definitely not worth a first-round pick. Yeah, and, like, me and my buddy were talking about this uh, earlier tonight, and we're like, Hartman's okay, but he's not worth a first. So I think and David Poyle's been honestly phenomenal uh, just shifting players around this year, so he was due for a fuck-up. And I guess this is it. Oh, for sure. The St. Louis Blues have traded Paul Stasny to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2018 first and rights to Eric Foley. I can't believe they got Paul Stasny for a first. Yeah, and I think this killed the market. That's all they got for him. That is insane. But then again, St. Louis is St. Louis is oddly good at getting away from their play, getting away from older players at the right time. Like, look at Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. So maybe they know, know more than we do. Maybe. Uh, is he in his final year of his contract, Tim? I am not sure at this point. Okay. Okay, we'll have to look into that later on then. While we do that later on, let's go into our next trade. The Vegas Golden Knights trade Brendan Lepsick to the Vancouver Canucks for Philip Holm. Was Lepsick playing on the Knights? Not sure if he was or not. Yeah, like this seems like... Maybe he was uh, in the oh. minors. Maybe, because this kind of seems like a minor league swap. Yeah. Not to be outdone, though. The Columbus Blue Jackets have traded Ryan Kujawiski. I don't know if I'm even fucking saying that right. To the Arizona Coyotes for Jordan Meltina. Another AHL swap, I guess. Yeah. Jason Chimera to Anaheim for Chris Wagner to New York Islanders. I don't understand this at all, honestly. Jason Chimera, yeah. I mean, Wagner, he's an okay player, but I think he's still in his early 20s, if I'm not mistaken, and Chimera's at the end of his career. So maybe if Anaheim needs a little more experience, that's the only way I see that they're doing this trade. Honestly, yeah, I don't know why. And Chimera hasn't even had a good year. No, no, he hasn't. This seems... This seems like a Randy Carlisle trade, and I'm not a fi- I'm not a fan of that sort of vet- veteran mongering. Oh God, no! So it is what it is. It is. The, the Montreal Canadiens have traded Joe Morrow to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2018 fourth. Didn't we talk about Joe Morrow going to Montreal in our practice episodes? I believe we did. Yeah. Because they split him up from yeah, because he left. Vegas and sorry, not Vegas, uh, Dallas, right? I think so. I thought he came from Edmonton, but no, he might have come from Dallas. But yeah, he, I never really noticed him in Montreal, and a fourth is probably appropriate. Oh, for sure. The Minnesota Wild have traded Mike Riley to the Montreal Canadiens for a 2019 fifth round pick. Huh. Don't really know much about the player. Nope. Now, this is the trade I know you're not a fan of. The Ottawa Senators have traded Nick Shore to the Calgary Flames for a 2017 seventh-round pick. I agree with you, Tim. I think he's more. I think he's worth more than a seventh. Yeah, Nick Shore is the type of fourth fourth round, sorry, fourth line player that you really want around. And in the the few games we've seen him in Ottawa, he's been very good on the penalty kill, very aggressive on other teams, and he's young. I liked what he was doing, and I would have liked to keep him around. And definitely would not have liked, and definitely would have liked to keep him around. Fall we're getting was a seventh. Yeah, a uh, great, 
great move to shore up Calgary's depth. Oh, for sure. I honestly, I have to disagree with you. I didn't really notice him in any of the games he played with Ottawa. The big thing about Shore was he didn't score, but he was getting very good looks at the net. Right. Very aggressive. I liked it. Okay. Well, I know uh, I know you're very disappointed about that trade, Tim. Yeah. Maybe when he arrives in Calgary, you can actually get him a fruit basket like we were supposed to do for Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar didn't deserve a fruit basket. What would you throw in a fruit basket from? Kiwis? Oranges? I don't know. Banana? For Nick Shore, it's got to be tropical fruit. It's true. You might have to get Chelsea to help you out with this one. Yeah. Let's go into our next trade. The Carolina Hurricanes have traded Josh Georges to the Pittsburgh Penguins for Greg McKaig. This is interesting because this is giving two players on otherwise play, playoff or playoff hunting teams a chance to get a better start elsewhere. As neither player has really been what they like the teams thought they were going to get. Right. With Josh Juris, I don't think teams re- I don't think he was that great. I don't really know enough about Greg McKegg in Pittsburgh either, but hopefully it works. Both these players get a chance to really figure something out. Oh, absolutely. Now, I know the trade previous, we're talking about a former Ottawa Senator. It's time to talk about another Ottawa, former Ottawa Senator. Chicago Blackhawks have traded Tommy Wingles to the Boston Bruins for a 2019 conditional fifth round pick. What's the condition? I have no idea. I don't know what I would imagine if... Tommy Wingles can get to the airport on time. Maybe that's the condition. I don't know. No kidding. But if Nick Shore can only get a fucking seventh, how the fuck did Tommy Wingles get a fifth? I don't know. I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's like, why didn't teams take Johnny Oduya for a seventh pick? Yeah, well, someone took him for free. You know, I'm not honestly mad about it. Yep. He's He's Philadelphia's problem now. Yep. Honestly, I don't think I ever told this. I actually booed his. I actually booed Johnny O'Doo at the outdoor game, Aww, and all the all the like half the... fans around me were confused. Like, why is this Ottawa fan booing Johnny O'Doo? Because he's not good. Because they now start over the peep like for the story you up, Johnny O'Doo, boo, Johnny, you suck. Yeah, the nice thing is, is like with both. Johnny Oduya and uh, Alexander Burroughs on wing on waivers. Pierre Dorian at least admitted his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And Burroughs cleared. Yeah. Nobody wanted him for free. <sighs> oh well. All right, but yeah, Nick Shore is a much better fourth line center than Tommy Wingles, so I'm surprised that Tommy Wingles got the better return. Oh, absolutely. Let's go into our next trade: the Colorado Avalanche trade. Chris Bigras to the New York Rangers for Ryan Graves. Uh, I have no idea if Ryan is related to former Rangers legend Adam Graves. I almost asked if he was related to Grimy, but that's just not right. Ah, how is old Grimy? No, that wouldn't make any sense because his last name is Grimes. Yeah, no kidding. That's why I said I'm retarded. Oh, okay, I didn't hear that. When you mentioned that, I was like... That doesn't make any sense. It's Graves, not Grimes. <laughs> oh, Frankie. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to wear safety gloves because I'm Homer Simpson. Ah, <laughs> uh, Simpsons jokes. They still fucking work. Let's go into our next trade. The Edmonton Oilers trade Patrick Maroon to the New Jersey Devils for a 2019 third round pick. I'm honestly surprised they got a third rounder for him, to be honest with you. Yeah, because the only reason Patrick Maroon looked halfway decent is they literally plugged the fucker next to Connor McDavid. Well, you know what? If you plugged us next to Connor McDavid, we could probably look pretty decent out there. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't even have to pay us that much as a third-line plug. Exactly. Speaking of skating, have you got a chance to skate on the canal yet since you've been in Ottawa or no? Oh, it's closed down. Oh, that sucks. It's too warm. What's the uh, weather like right now, if you don't mind asking? Uh, it's like 40 degrees. In Celsius, Tim. Not not Fahrenheit. Okay, like 5 degrees. What the fuck, man? It was like fucking minus 30 when I was there. 
You were there in December. It's almost March. Shouldn't fucking matter. Let's move to our next trade. The Vancouver Canucks trade Thomas Vanek to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Tyler Mate and UC Jokinen. I'm honestly a little bit surprised by this because Thomas Vanek, in all things considered, hasn't had a bad season in Vancouver. He's actually had a pretty decent one. Well, that's why I'm glad that Columbus, like, you know, I do have a soft spot for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but uh, who lit up the Washington Capitals tonight, by the way? Yeah, Columbus managed to get a steal here because Thomas Vanek is still, he's still productive. And this will really help shore up uh, a somewhat mercurial Columbus offense. Oh, for sure. Which is led by former Ottawa Senator Nick Foligno. I'm always amazed at how Foligno has managed to blossom into a superstar down in Ohio. Yeah, it's really weird. But then again, we weren't giving him top six minutes in Ottawa. No, and we really sh- And I remember the year we traded him. I felt apprehensive, but I understood. Yeah, because we and, got Mark thought for him. Yeah, and I think both teams really won. Mm-hmm. Until thought left for Vegas. Sad. Let's go into our next trade. The Buffalo Buffalo Sabres have traded Evander Kane for a 2019 conditional first round pick, a 2020 fourth round pick, and Dan Dan O'Regan to the San Jose Sharks. I'm going to be perfectly honest here. I really think this is way too much they gave up for Evander Kane. I've always found Evander Kane to be very overrated as a player, and... You know, I mean, you can make the same argument with P.K. Subban regarding an ego and confidence and all that shit, but the thing is, if you're not producing on the ice, then people will just rip you apart for that. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking asshole in the locker room or you're a total cancer on the ice. If you can score, I don't know how many goals a season and actually produce, they overlook that. You look at any other sport, you look at baseball, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. If you're producing, you can be a biggest asshole in life. And they just overlooked this. Evander Kane, I don't think people have really overlooked this at all with him. No, because he's never really put up to expectation. No, he has definitely not. And, like, I think one of the most telling moments was uh, when he got suspended for showing up to a team meeting in just a tracksuit. Uh, he returned to the locker room to find his stuff in the shower. So even the team was sour on him. Wow. Yeah, I, di- I didn't hear that second part, though. I do remember he showed up in a tracksuit. That's like, I don't want to say that's like something Ray Emery would have done, but... Well, Ray Emery would have uh, probably punched someone out. No shit would have gotten real, man. Yeah. All right. Yep. So let's go into our this next trade. Now, this fun. is one that I... St- Still cannot believe Vegas gave this much up for him. The Detroit Red Wings traded Thomas Tatar to the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2018 first, 2019 second, and a 2021 third round pick. I mean, look, I understand Vegas has a boatload of draft picks at the moment, but three picks for Thomas Tatar? Really? And here's the other thing. Where the hell do they slot him in? Because I, I can't see Gerard Gallant breaking up his top two lines because they've caught fire. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, like the Smith Carlson Mascherschult line is probably the best line in hockey right now. Mm-hmm. And then Halla, Perron, and Neil have been doing solid, solid work. Like, do you knock down Eric Halla or or uh, per- Francis Perron down to the third line to slot into Tar or? Did you just pay this much for a third liner? I think maybe they have paid that much for a third liner. Yeah. But you know what, Tim? If, they get, were going, if, if that was the case, right? If you were going for a third round, for a third line player, you could have found much cheaper options out there than Thomas Tatar. Like Zach Smith. Exactly. Actually, you know what, Tim? I do have to point one out, though. We've mentioned Vegas a few times, and I haven't once played that goal, the um, DJ horn. Uh, you know what we said about why and why not, people? Yes? I'm going to be a why person right now. On what, the DJ horn? The DJ horn. Because why not, Tim? 
I know how much you love that horn. <laughs> Actually, I do got to admit, I think that's one of my favorite things when I go back and edit these episodes, when I put that horn in, just that, uh, that's that sound you make. I still crack up every time I hear it. Just the goddamn. The goddamn it, Tave, really? Uh. <laughs> Next time we play the DJ horn, you should just give a really loud... <sighs> just give him one of those while the DJ horn plays over top of it. You've got the cats out of the bag now, man. Well. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on to our right. next trade. Actually, this is the final trade of the evening, Tim. And this is a big one. I Wow, this is a big one here. The New York Rangers trade Ryan McDonough and TJ Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Lachislav Namsikov. Libor Hijack and Brett Howitson, a 2018 first, a 2019 conditional first. This is a risky trade for Bay, sorry, for Tampa Bay. Because Ryan McDonough, he has an injury history and he hasn't played a lot this year. He's only played 49 games. But here's the thing though, with this trade, do you think that puts Tampa Bay over the top? Hard to say. Um, I think TJ Mill. TJ Miller is probably about equal to Vladislav Nemestikov. Right. I don't know much about Lieber Hajek or Brett Howden. Well, Brett Howden apparently is a nice prospect pickup for New York. I don't know shit about this uh, Libor Hajek. I can tell you that Libor is an interest rate, and that tells you about how much I know. New York, for them, it's the picks. Yeah, I mean, they're going to uh, they're going through a rebuild right now. Yep. If Ryan McDonough is healthy, I think this trade works for Tampa Bay, and I think they're very strong. However, Tampa Bay lost Kucherov tonight. We're not sure how. We're not sure of the severity of the injury. Really? Yeah. So Tampa Bay's in limbo here. Wow, that's insane, man! That they lost him. Yeah. It's a shame because, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning has been one of the most exciting teams to watch in the NHL. Yeah, even though uh, they're in our division and everything, but, you know, yeah. What's funny is my buddy's like, yo, they're just going to shove Ryan McDonough with Girardi again. Was Ryan, Ryan McDonough, he wasn't the one who was traded for Martin St. Louis, was he? Or was that Ryan Callahan? No, McDonough was traded. Ryan McDonough was drafted by... Montreal and oh, was involved in right. the Scott he, Gomez okay, trade. Okay, he was involved in the Gomez trade, so it must have been Callahan I'm thinking of. Yeah, it was Callahan for San Luis straight up. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking about that today when I was writing all these notes down. I was thinking, didn't he already get traded once? Yeah. Like, I knew the it's... name seemed familiar, but I couldn't put my finger where exactly that came from. Yeah, and it's funny because McDonough, like, uh, Subad McDonough would have been a lights-out defense pairing. Oh, you have no idea how good that would have been in Montreal for them. Yeah, and they got the husk, yet somehow they didn't see the husk of Scott Gomez coming. Well, not too many people could have, Tim. Well, I guess that's true, but, like, Scott Gomez's Ranger years compared to his years in uh, Buffalo were incredibly disappointing. Scott Gomez? Sorry, I mean New Jersey. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, Gomes never played for Buffalo. Uh, Brian Gianta did, I always but not uh, Gomez. I always screw up Gomez and Drury in those years. Because they both ended up on the Rangers, so and they Wade both Redden. suck. That must just kill Ranger fans to hear that the name Wade Redden. Yeah. Well, like, that was the year that Glenn Sather did those, got those three huge pickups, and they... All bombed. Well, nobody bats a thousand, Tim. But I guess with a endless payroll the Rangers have, I mean, you could throw shitloads of money at everybody and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it was interesting because uh, Drury had a... Sl- he actually had a career revamp in uh, uh, Philadelphia. Don't you mean... So he ended um, his on a high note. Briere? Sorry, Briere. Fuck. Where did Drury end up? Uh, Drury went from Colorado to Buffalo, Buffalo to New York. Oh, and they just retired? Yeah. Okay. I was, I just, oh, yeah, Danny Briere 
It's because Briere and Drury left Buffalo around the same time. Right at the same time, 2007. And Thomas Vanek almost left Buffalo in 2007, too. And I think because Edmonton, he got offer seated. Edmonton offered him a shit ton of money, and Buffalo had to match it. Finances. Yep. Well, Tim, I guess that well, that's how up. the Shea, sorry, Tim, go ahead. That's how the Shea Weber contract came into being too, because Philadelphia offered offered a max contract. Yeah, that was insane. I still cannot believe that Philadelphia offered that money to him. I remember there was a rumor going around that uh, Holmgren had no intention of actually signing Weber. He just wanted to fuck over Poyle because of a previous trade that went sideways. Which, the Scotty Hartnell trade? I think so. Yeah, because the, who did they get? I think it was Hartnell for Forsberg. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up all the trades for uh, this evening. So before you we want to talk to... about trades that didn't happen? Oh, you mean uh, number sixty-five? Well, not just sixty-five. We've talked. We can talk about sixty-five, but let's also appreciate that Mike Hoffman remains a senator. Yeah, but you know what, though, and we've talked about here on the show. I think Sens management backpedaled when they saw how well Hoffman played with Duchesne, and then when they paired him with Gabrick. Yeah. And that's honestly an awesome line there. So I think Hoffman will be staying in the nation's capital for a long time. Oh, I hope so. Uh, do you want to talk a bit more about the Pierre Dorian presser? Uh, yeah, okay, let's talk we've a little already, bit about it. Well, I guess we've already talked about the main points of him. Like, It was obvious they were shopping. Like, with all the media rumors, it was clear that there was negotiation going on in the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Like, if Dorian's going to just be dropping porky pies like that, given the management and the ownership situation, I think it's going to be very hard for them to bring fans back on board. Yeah, they're going to have to do something huge for the fans to regain the team's trust again. Yeah, and it's not going to be uh, fucking up the mail merge on the season tickets drive. Yeah, apparently season tickets renewals have just been awful in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and with just the amount of open discussion about how poorly everything sends related in the front office has been, yep. including like zero leadership talking the team on Twitter. Yeah, it's like, not good, man. It's bad. Um, Fuck, next season's going to be weird. I just, I can just tell. Next season's going to be a weird one for us. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Dort. Like I, yeah, I mentioned Pierre Dorian putting both Burroughs and uh, Oduya on waivers. Oduya was claimed. Burroughs was not. Burroughs is smart money seems to be Burroughs is bought out in the summer. Oh, absolutely. What would be the buyout penalty for the Sens if they bought him out? It's like a million over two years. It's not much. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Actually, sorry. One thing I do want to mention about Eric Carlson. Did you see... I not sure who uh published this apparently in a game in st louis in january eugene melnick walked into the locker room and he berated the players after a loss and he singled eric carlson out stating uh eric put a 350 dollars uber ride charge on the team's visa and melnick went off on him saying oh what you think you're so great on this team that you can't uh you could just do whatever you want and put whatever money on the team visa and carlson was so beside himself he just got up and walked out of the room and they haven't talked since well like i what's like that's pretty fake well like, like, i'm pretty sure honest. that's fake because yeah, i just want to say right now pardon? where the fuck is there going for 350 dollar uber uber ride that's what i want to know yeah like that's the thing. like how the fuck because like where the I'm fuck's he going pittsburgh uber jesus christ yeah no kidding but uh I guess the joke is maybe he was going to check out the lightning dressing room, but I do like the sad thing is about it at least. Yeah, the sad thing is is when I first saw that, I did my bullshit detector didn't go off because that sounds like something Melnick would do. Oh, I totally bought that when I heard that for the first time. Yeah, and then once I read it again and saw three hundred and fifty dollar Uber, I'm like, wait. 
The other one is the Pierre Dorian rumor about a rough meeting between uh, the team and Pierre Dorian where I'm not sure if it was pregame or during intermission and uh, one of the player cr- one of the players cranked the stereo. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah. And apparently Dorian walked out. He was so disrespected that he started trading players left and right. Yeah, I'm not sure if that the second part of that story is true, but I've heard from enough, like, you've seen it come up in enough places that the first part probably happened. Yep. Um, I wonder if it was a Boucher boy. Maybe. Or maybe, because maybe it was one of the them... untouchables. Pardon? Maybe it was one of the untouchables on the team. Maybe, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, like, yeah, like, all the Boucher boys except for Tom Pyatt are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't be honestly surprised. Yeah. But uh yeah, you have to admit that Guy Boucher has to Guy Boucher has to be on call on notice. And Guy Boucher was not at practice this morning. I did see that. Which is kind of weird. Like some people suggested that maybe he was on hand to evaluate some of the trade proposals. But it seems a little weird to have practice without coach. That's true. Did they have the assistants out there at least? Maybe. Hmm, okay. But at the same time, I don't think Ottawa can afford to fu- afford to fire another coach. No, absolutely not. And this organization is all about the money. Honestly, Ottawa needs to stop firing coaches after one bad season. Because, I mean, you look at the last decade. If the last coach we have not traded after a bad season was Jacques Martin. And he hasn't been a coach in 2004 in Ottawa. Yeah, because, like, I'm surprised they should, like, Brian Murray had, like, it was a short leash for coaches. Like, I can understand. But then again, there's some of them that I understood and other ones not so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like John Paddock got the shit end of the stick. Yeah, but you because, know what? Like, a lot of these his, coaches, his, the guys just tuned them out after a while. Yeah, but you have to remember that he got the he got the end of Danny Heatley and the end of Ray Emery. Yeah. So he probably like I don't think the people the players tuning him out was a him was anything. I don't think he had a chance. Actually, sorry, wasn't it Corey Cluson at the end of Heatley? Didn't Heatley go at the end of two thousand and eight, or was it two thousand nine? Two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah, that was that was messy. Oh, absolutely. It was brutal. Yeah, and people, like, the Spetz's wife rumors still persist. Yeah, well, you know what? We've definitely talked about here on the show about players sleeping with their teammates' wives. Rod Brendamore. <coughs> Ron Kessler. Yeah. What do you think, Corey Schneider's in New Jersey now, huh? Wink, wink. Is that a rumor? Nope, that turned out to be true. Kessler really? Slept, Kessler slept with Schneider's wife when they were in Vancouver. Jesus. Are they still married? I think so. Fuck that noise. If a woman's, like, sorry, that almost came out really sexist. Uh, let's try that one again. Like, if. Okay, take two. Take two. If my, like, if there's, like, that huge income disparity, well, like, I think even like if Chelsea and I made the same amount of money, if one of us, if one of us cheated on the other, the relationship is dead in the water. Like if I'm Corey Schneider and I'm making like literally millions of dollars more than my wife and she acts like that, she should be out on the fucking coal. Like otherwise it's just gold digging. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, man. So I don't have anything more to talk about. Um, do you have anything you want to talk about before we head to our close for another evening? Uh, not really. I think we kind of covered, amazingly, we covered everything that really happened in Sensland over the last week. Like That's even great. that weekend was a tempest. Oh, it was nuts. Now, I do understand you are in Ottawa at the moment. So we will save that for next week because I know it's probably, eh, give or take, 11, 24 Eastern Standard Time in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't, um, you know, so I won't keep you for too much longer. 
With that being said, we'll just head into the close. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Let me just say, guys, I want to say to everyone listening, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you enjoy it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Sensecast. Because our bot Dave made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter, at ThirdLinePlug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901HoneyBadger. I am at GreatWhiteGipster, G-R-8-W-Y-T-E, Gipster. If you want to choose to email to talk about some of the trade deadline trades, you want to talk about Johnny and Duya going to Philadelphia, or you just want to talk about how burgers and fries forever is overrated, you can choose an email, ThirdLinePlugSenseCast at gmail.com. Okay, Tim. So it is time to talk about. Wait, do you slide in a burgers and fl- burgers and fries forever dig? Yep. Yeah, burgers fries still overrated. Hey, it's good. No, no one's. I told Chelsea about that, and uh, she was severely disappointed. Well, you know what? I was severely disappointed in that burger too, Tim. Just for that, she's gonna tell you that Cal that Calgary has mountains. <gasps> you take that back. Not happening. Damn it! Chelsea took my side, Tim, and you know it. Okay, let's go into the games. So for this coming week, we have three games in the schedule. Tuesday in Washington, Friday in Vegas, and Saturday in Arizona. Oh, we've got a DJ horn. No, I'll save that for next week. Until next week, guys, (laughs) I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensi. Go Sens, guys. My time here is up. They're going home!